coming off a relaxing three-day weekend up in Boulder Creek. I'm Schmitty, and this is Talking Schmidt. Today on the show is Poppy Star. Poppy's a skateboarder from Australia who has won the combi contest, entered the park at the Olympics, and currently has a documentary out about her life growing up called Tall Poppy. A lot of things have been happening lately. Currently, the dogs barking, the washing machines running, and Bryce Whitestein. I don't even know how to pronounce your name, but you actually didn't come through with the first impression. And that's why this has been dropped a little later in the day than I would have liked. Hashtag, are you okay? No disrespect, though, huh, kid? Anyhow, how about them San Francisco Giants? Two out of three from the Dodgers, the best record in baseball, first place and September baseball that matters. Gotta love it. Also, for you football enthusiasts, it's football season this weekend. Niners! Yes, that's right. You can get as drunk as you possibly can at a bar and scream Niners, and it actually makes sense. You know, I could see you doing this. Moving right along, how great is fucking skateboarding, huh? When everything else in life sucks, when you can't find light at the end of your tunnel, there is always skateboarding. Go out and slap a curb. Go out and fucking grind. Go out and just push and bomb down a hill. Whatever you got to do, roll and you will be smiling. As for me, I just went up to Boulder Creek and had a nice meal at the sawmill up there on Highway 9, which just opened Big shout out to their tot. Shout out. Those things are good, huh? Also, today being September 7th, one day after my mom's 75th birthday, big shout out to Judy Lavelle for holding it down. 75 years is quite an achievement. And I got so much love and very proud of her and you, mom. So Happy belated and happy birthday to the one and only skate mental Brad Staba out there. Oh, this is the guy we're looking for. He's got to be approaching 29 or 30 by now. Go get a slice of pizza at Raymond's for all that. And then the other thing I want to talk about is the skater of the motherfucking year. Thrasher magazine. The only one that matters. Remember Mark Johnson's speech? Anyhow, we got a lot of people in consideration. Who do you think is going to win Skater of the Year? For my money, I'm going to say Evan Smith. I'm going with Evan Smith. This is finally his year. I'm not claiming. But who knows? There's a lot of contenders, right? Desenzo, Uto, Tom Shar's part was insane last week. A lot of good shit going on in skateboarding. And uh, other than that, if you follow me on the Insta at Epically Trife, you know I've been diving into the pints. No, 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 not those pints. But yeah, I used to do those pints. Like Dan Pencil said, when you stop drinking, you go from pints of beer to pints of ice cream. And I got to tell you, Ben and Jerry's got me addicted again. I'm on that post-wedding ice cream road to New Year's. Um, we got the middle of a 64-flavor Sweet 16 pole, like the NCAA, of all the wonderful flavors that Ben & Jerry's has. Maybe they'll advertise with me. 
maybe come on the show or maybe I'll just gain 30 pounds. I don't know. But don't be mad. It's it. You know, you're still my boo. Anyway, long story short. This is Talking Schmidt and this is Poppy Star. Thanks for tuning in. Blood Wizard, you'll always tickety tack. And I'm down to your local shop. Ask Blood Wizard Skateboards. Or visit BloodWizard.com. For all your pondering needs. Tickety tack. Blue Plate, you're the spot for my fried chicken if I'm in San Francisco. And Manscape, I'm wearing your underwear this week. Must just take care of. All right, take care. Here's this is Poppy, and you're listening to Talking Smith. <laughs> it's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the all cause turn. Our big dogs in. Ninety six times, Smitty. Thanks, Smitty. We on, Smitty? Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I can <laughs> shit my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy? Thinks he's tough shit. What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Smitty. What the fuck? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! What's up, everybody? I'm back and I've been working hard on my international guest list. And today, not only are we going all the way down under to Australia, but we got an Olympian skateboarder from the women's park as well. This is Poppy Star Olsen, or as Dave Duncan calls her, Poppy Star! (laughs) What's up? How are you? I love that. Thanks for the introduction. (laughs) You good? Oh yeah, I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm good. I just got married. I know. Congratulations. <laughs> was it yeah. awesome? It was probably like the Olympics, you know? It was like it was a little weird and a little stressful, <laughs> but then like, yeah, just cuz the COVID and stuff like everything is like you don't know what's going to happen. So it's like up until the day before we got married, I didn't know exactly who was coming and who wasn't. Yeah. But I, it was awesome. The wedding was amazing. It was just the buildup was like pretty stressful. Yeah. Where did you get married? Uh, right on the coast of uh, kind. Of, I don't know if you know Half Moon Bay. It's like above Santa Cruz um, on the coast, like by San Francisco, but on the coast. Oh, nice. I've and never the- been there, but. It's super cool. There was like a Redwood Cathedral and we took like shuttles because you can't drive there. So they had to have like a shuttle take us there. And mm-hmm. it was really nice. I can send you some photos. It was like beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That sounds amazing. No, nah, it was good. Yeah. Have you had to like introduce anyone like your wife as your wife to anyone? I want to introduce my wife to Poppy. <laughs> Hi, Poppy. Hi. How are you? Lovely to meet you. (laughs) Oh, I'm great now that I'm married to this guy. (laughs) I know. It's so exciting. So congrats, both of you. Oh, thank you. Um, I have to ask you the first question. Okay. Do you know what the state flower of California is? Is it a poppy? It is. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that for me. <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, enjoy the show. Do you go by Poppy Star or Poppy Star Olsen or Poppy? How does it go? I don't know. It's different. It's different for everyone. Uh, what does your passport say? Poppy Star Olsen? My passport actually says Poppy Star Clarabelle Olsen. I've got two middle names, but one of them's just forgotten now. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think I went to Combi, like one of my first Combis, and that, and they just started calling me Poppy Star. And I was like, all right. Cause Star and Clarabelle are both my grandma's names. And so I was like, yeah. All right. So when I, when I met you, I just knew you as Poppy Star. And I, yeah. I think Olsen was like later when, I don't know, but like, yeah, it was at the combi and it was like Poppy Star. And it was like, okay, that, that, that was the first time I met you probably was at the combi. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure Dave Duncan just started calling me that. And then in like when I'd go to America, everyone would just call me that. So I was like, all right, I'll take it. All right. Are you quarantining or are you not? No, I actually I got out of quarantine like maybe five days ago. So I had like two weeks in a hotel in Sydney. Thank goodness I had a balcony. Um, but then I got an exemption last minute to come to Queensland because there's no COVID cases here. So it's been oh. otherwise I would have gone straight back into lockdown. Because uh-huh. all of New South Wales, the state I'm in is in lockdown. So I was like, oh, I want to like be able to skate and stuff. So I got it last second because I came out of hotel quarantine. Could just zip over here. So it's been amazing. Is that where your family is, Queensland or no? My family's in Newcastle, which is in New South Wales. But um, my cousins and auntie and uncle live up here. So I'm just like crashing at their place. And it's amazing. Damn, nice. Okay. And where were you born? (laughs) I was born in Sydney, born in Bondi. So kind of like grew up skating that ball. Nice. Is that your favorite park? Yeah, I think so. I like it definitely was when I was growing up. That's all I would skate. And then I've moved to Newcastle, which is like a little beach town, like two hours north. And there's a pretty awesome bowl here that I love skating. And then there's like, we've got a couple like spots around and little skate parks are starting to pop up. Definitely like nothing compared to America, but does the job. Oh, I don't know. I've never been to Australia, but I, <clears throat> the one I always hear about is Five Ducks. Five Ducks? Yeah, that's in Sydney. It's really fun. It's just oh. like a big park and there's like a snake run and this massive like sort of like half pipe DIY bowl. It's pretty hectic, but it's a fun park. <laughs> okay. How did you get into skateboarding? What age were you? How did it all happen? Well, I'm guessing you're in Australia, so a lot of people are skating, but... How did it go for you? Did you see it and you asked for it or did someone give you one or? Yeah, I, I was actually, cause I was living in Bondi at the time and I was eight when I got my first ever skateboard and we would just like always kind of go down to the beach cause we lived like a couple minute walk. So we'd go to the beach past the skate park. And then one day we were walking with my neighbor at the time, I think we were coming back from the beach or something. And he had this like massive, like skateboard, and I just was like, whoa, can I, can I try it? And for the whole walk home, I basically took this poor guy's skateboard and was like trying to learn how to use it. And it was just so fun. And by the time we got home, he like saw how much I was obsessed with it. And he's like, you can have it. And that's where it all started pretty much. <laughs> and do you remember like what kind of board it was? Was it like a, a plastic board or a small board or was it like no. a legit board? No, it was it was kind of legit. It was like this fish shaped 
really big board that was way too big for my eight-year-old feet. And it had these big orange wheels. Nothing was like, it was just a blank kind of wooden board, but I loved it. It was way too big, but it was the best. <laughs> oh, how rad. Even <laughs> as, as you got into skateboarding, do you remember who like the first person you saw in the industry, like in real life was? I think when I was nine and I just started, sort of started like getting better at skating the bowl and stuff. I was, I think I was at school and someone told me that like, I think it was Kevin Staub and Tony, they were doing some tour in Australia and they were at Bondi and I was like, oh my gosh. And I like got out of school and I went and skated the ball. I could like only do kick turns, but that was kind of my like introduction into like skaters coming to Australia. And it was amazing. <laughs> so you saw <laughs> Tony of- Hawk and Kevin Staub do a demo. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that was Those before, two, like, like you would, you hadn't seen like Chima or Dustin or anybody from Australia yet, or any of them. No, basically, I just would take myself down to Bondi Skate Park every day, uh-huh. and so I'd just skate the bowl. And, and those were the two that kind of rocked up first, and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" <laughs> Besides the skateboard that the guy gave you that day that you were bugging him. Once you started getting like more familiar with skating, what was the first thing that you got for free? Yeah, my I got a, a shop sponsor. So there's a skate park in Sydney called uh, Monster Skate Park. Uh. And I started going out there and that's where I learned how to skate vert because they had like this massive wooden 14 and a half foot vert ramp. And so I went out there and I'd they'd have all these like sessions on Thursday nights. So I'd go out there and then one night they were kind of like, we want to we want to sponsor you so that was my first shop sponsor so they'd give me like shop boards and stuff like that and yeah that's that's my first sponsor <laughs> do you remember the feeling like when they first approached you and were like we want to give you free stuff yeah it was this it was this cute little thing where like they'd have sessions each night and then if you were like joined i guess like the shops um they'd give you like this little t-shirt and that was like when you knew you were legit. And I was like nine or eight at the time. And then I remember I was like battling this like tiny Euro gap for so long and I didn't make it. I'm pretty sure I didn't make it. And the guy like Hagen who like owned the shop came up to me and he just like held out this green shirt. And I was like, <gasps> like it was, it was crazy. Right. <laughs> it was so funny. But yeah, it was great. <laughs> Damn. And then, so what was your first legitimate sponsor? First legitimate sponsor. I've had a couple crazy ones along the way, but uh, I'd like to say probably when, probably Vans, I think. When oh, really? like, Yeah, because Bolarama would always happen at Bondi and Steve Van Doren would come down. And I'm pretty sure I was like, I was skating there for a couple of years and I was wearing like these little like, cheap converse shoes and he like looked down at my feet and then he took me to the shop one day and that's kind of i started wearing these pink high tops that he'd give me and that's kind of where it started i think (laughs) sick yeah and you're still with vans right still with vans i've been with them since i was like maybe 12 or something damn that's cool yeah it's been awesome (laughs) do you know about the hoon run no okay 
that's a bunch of Australian like uh, skaters that I think everybody in Australia is into drinking beer, but uh, these guys oh, yeah. do it and they go on like camping skate trips. I think they call it the Hoon Run. It's like Andrew Curry and those guys. What's up with the TED Talk? I heard that you did a TED Talk when you were younger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was like 14. So basically like I got invited to my first World Cup when I was I got invited to Combi when I was like 12, I think. Mm -hmm. And I started like, I had to make money to get over there. So I'd start doing like selling all my art and stuff. And that's how I funded my first trip. And then my mom kind of got me into like doing like speeches and things. So I do them for schools and like try and make money. And then like TEDx friggin' like hit me up when I was like 14. And I was like, oh my (laughs) goodness. Like, what am I even going to talk about? But yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. The first, the first thing I actually thought of was like, I've just done these like little speeches on like palm cards and stuff. And that I had to do a 10 minute speech, just like looking at the audience and like remembering it. And I'm like, shoot, but I don't know. I've done a Ted talk, I guess. <laughs> I have two eighth grade diplomas. It, did they prep you for it or like help you? Like, this is what you should do or like, yeah, it seems like much- a heavy thing to just throw. You said you were 14. Yeah, 14. <laughs> well, and what was it about? Was it about skateboarding? Yeah, basically, I was like, what am I going to talk about? So I just talked about my life pretty much and just like skateboarding and art pretty much what I'm doing and how they kind of like link and how art has helped my skateboarding and helped me get overseas and stuff. And yeah, that's what I, that's what I talked about. <laughs> Is that available online somewhere that you can like go there and see your TED Talk? Uh, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. I honestly, I haven't been able to watch the whole thing. Oh yeah. I like, yeah, I don't, I don't like watching myself. <laughs> Every time I go and try, I'm like, Oh, cause you like, I memorized it so much that, you know, when you like forget like a line or something and I just, I don't like watching myself. So I haven't, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, <laughs> so you were doing art at an early age. Yeah, I basically started drawing as soon as I could hold a pencil. So my mom tells me. Um, so yeah, been drawing for ages and then kind of like at school, I'd start making these little prints and giving them to my teachers at Christmas and stuff. And then basically like got invited to America for the first time and my family wasn't in a like financial position to get me there. So I was like, how how am I going to do this? So I started like making my art into these little like cards and prints and things. And I would sell them at markets and I had a fundraiser and that's how I kind of like got more into it and started funding my trips to America pretty much. That's amazing. Cause <laughs> from what I gather, it's not cheap to fly from uh, Sydney to New York or wherever, LA or anywhere in the US. It's a big ticket no. right there. That's a lot of uh, postcards you're selling. You got to want it, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a bit, but I would do markets like every weekend. And yeah, it, it, it did the job. And now I'm like lucky enough that like some like sponsors are helping me out. So just like living my best life. I've been pretty lucky with that sort of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any tattoos? I wouldn't even count them. I've got a swimmer here. I just got a can of peas. <laughs> Did you draw it? No, I, I just went. I went into a shop 
someone else is getting a tattoo or something. I think it was Irina. And I like looked on the wall and I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, can of peas. I'll get that. And my mom was so bummed. She's like, you don't even like peas that much. Why'd you get peas? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I really like tacos. That's amazing. (laughs) Describe the relationship with your mom. She's obviously your mom, but she's also like kind of like your agent almost, right? Or your coach or something like she helps you a lot with all that's been going on. Yeah. So basically like, I think when I was like growing up and like, I think I went in this like little local competition and there was only like three girls and I came first and I was like, wow, what the heck? And that's when like my mom was like, Oh my gosh, you can actually like make sort of like make a living or something out of this thing. So she started getting really into it and like, she'd take me overseas. She'd come with me and like help me out and then like yeah kind of started like being my manager and stuff and now it's like she's been so supportive and great but now I'm like oh I think I gotta figure some stuff out by myself or something but no she's been great (laughs) has that been heartbreaking for her like you coming of age becoming an adult and saying mom I I think I can do this like give me a little space and those kind of things oh I think like the most heartbreaking bit for her is that there was like at at all these competitions, there'd be like a squad of moms, like with these girls and she, they would, they would party more than us. Like they'd all get together. They had like a little mom circle and they (laughs) would drink so much. This guy's got bud. It's pretty funny to watch them actually. Yeah. But yeah, I'm guess I think that will be like the the saddest bit for her. If like I don't know, just like not being able to see her friends as much and like come with me to these things. But you know, need some need some room to to figure it out for a sec. <laughs> but she's I, great. I mean, when I would film those contests and stuff, it was always like I was interacting with the moms as well. Like they, yeah, yeah. it was so interesting. Like some, <laughs> you know, they come up and be like, "Thanks for getting that trick of my daughter." Different things. It was just like, but it's cute. It's like they're they're just like super stoked on like their daughters and stuff. And it was never yeah, too like annoying for me. But like I could see where like as you get older, it's kind of just like anything else. A parent has to like fuck they're going out for the night oh and they're worried or whatever it is you know every time i try to get out they pull me back in <laughs> what was yeah, exactly. the what was the first contest that you did in the u.s was that the combi i went to tampa when i was like 11 oh. um with this with this skate park monster that sponsored me and we did like a little trip there and i think we did like this little this like little vert ramp contest in tampa i can't even like remember it too much but i literally was like just learned backsiders so i was just kick turning doing backsiders but then it was kind of like a little tour of america went to heaps of skate parks i think we went to woodward and stuff Mm. (laughs) it was pretty fun but like i guess like the first like big one for me was combi did that and then that was like crazy like coming here from like there wasn't many like girl skaters that I grew up skating with. And then I think I went there and it was just like, so surreal, like met so many of my friends that I'm still friends with today. And it was a fun event, that one. Like, is that the first time that you meet like Lizzie and Alicia and Nora and whoever else? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. But like you knew who these girls were already and then you come and then you're in a contest with them. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was crazy. I remember like, I think I, Mimi, Mimi Noop walked into the skate park once and I was just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like, this is legit. And then Nora was there and Lizzie and it was, it was amazing. I was just like <laughs> skating, looking at these people that I've looked up to forever. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Okay. What, what do you think like when you first started skating versus now, as far as the girls, um, like you said, when you first started skating, there wasn't that many girls skating around you. Is that right? Yeah. When I grew up at Bondi, I was like the only local girl skater there for like three years, uh-huh. I think. And then like other girls started popping up and it was so fun. But I just kind of like would just like go and skate the bowl pretty much. And there would be like these sessions with like these guys that were a fair bit older than me, like the bowl rats. And they kind of taught me how to skate and yeah, it was, it was super fun. But when these girls started popping up, I was like, Oh, this is sick. Did you, was there any bad vibes? Like, like what are you doing skating your girl or any of that stuff in the early days or were they just stoked to see you show up and work with you or how, how are the vibes? No, I think, I think everyone was pretty chill. Like I'd always get comments by like the kids and stuff saying like, Oh, you're actually pretty good for a girl. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) But like, apart from that, I think there was the occasional what girls can't skate, like that sort of thing. Mm. Um, But nothing too bad. I'm pretty sure everyone is usually pretty supportive, especially like these guys that I grew up skating with. Right. How how do you feel about that right now? Like if someone comes up to you and says you skate pretty good for a girl, is that offensive? Do, how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably be like, uh, cause you want to just like, you want people to kind of think you're just good at, at skating in a sense. And it kind of like downplays it a bit when they add that little last, last line in. Uh, um, I'm like, I'm sure some of them mean well, but, Yeah, (laughs) it's interesting to me because if we're going to still keep the genres split, like for competition, I think in people's minds, they're going to keep it split when they're talking about it, maybe like, yeah, I I, I struggle with it myself because I'm I understand like I'm friends with Alyssa and she always is like, I don't want to be a good girl skater. I just want to be a good skateboarder. That's it. Like, you know, so I totally am aware of that vibe and stuff, but I'm just trying to figure out, like, I'm always like on the search for how do we improve life? How do we like make these things that we want to see happen? How do we make them happen? You know? And like, Mm. I think this is a good start right here with, uh, the new cover of Thrasher back here. We got uh Oh Breezy. Breezy on the cover. I was just like uh blew my mind. I know. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. That was so amazing. I saw that on, on Instagram and I was like, whoa. You know, hit the payphone. What up? Let's talk about this cover right here. Cause um what I've been doing, I don't know if many people know this, but this girl's a friend of mine. And I got this, uh, I got this relationship with her where I can, I can text her whenever I want. And, <laughs> and when I do text her, what I text her is, when the fuck are you coming on my podcast? 
Daisy, where are you at? <laughs> yeah, come on. It's just me. It's just me and you. I, I, we can do it at 3 a.m. Shotgun and beers. We, I don't care. Whatever it takes. But when this thing hit the, when this thing hit the, it must have hit the Instagram or something for the first time when oh, you yeah. saw it, right? That's where you saw. Yeah. Did you see? And talk about the reaction. Like, God damn it! I wish we could all been up in Canada and and done the whole pro board and all all of it was I happening. Know. Such a great time for her. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh. And like that came out. And then, because I've been saying for like weeks, I'm like, when is Breezy going pro? Like, it, it's got to be soon. Like, when's it happening? She's just so amazing. And then I saw this on Instagram and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's, it's happening. Like, it was just, oh, it was such a great day. I'm so stoked for her. And then like, Barbie put out a, her part and it's just like, Oh, it's always amazing just seeing these little like things come out of your favorite people and skaters. So I'm yeah. so stoked for Fabi had that Spitfire one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Sick. She had the tail slide, that ditch that she's got yes. to add. That's in. That's like seven minutes from my house. Really? Yeah. yeah, I saw that. I saw the photo of that, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I don't know who I was around. I don't even think there were skaters, but I was like, "Look, look at this!" Mm-hmm. And then when it was her ender in her part, I was like, "Oh my god, here it is! Here it is!" <laughs> it was yeah. so amazing. Both and, amazing skateboarders. And for those that don't know, this is common knowledge to a lot of people, but maybe not to everyone. This happens to be the first girl on girl skateboards. Um, when we're talking about the girl that's on the cover here of Thrasher magazine, <laughs> Sam sent me her board because I was like, dude, I need I need that board. And so I got really? one. Really? Yeah. So stoked. Oh my goodness. I yeah. yeah, I need one of those. I love the graphic. It's both of them and they look so cool. I'm so stoked for her. First girl on girl. Mm-hmm. Well, so anything else like about the girls and skateboarding like that um, you're kind of wanting to see maybe like um, is the notoriety there or is there there more work to be done or like how, how do we feel about like the events and stuff like is there you guys seem I, I say this every time I interview a girl I'm like I went to the first um, girls at the at the beach uh vans park series and i was like lizzie alicia there was a few girls i knew and they were ripping but then there was a lot of girls that were just like like sky brown she could do a rock fakie that was it she would drop Mm. in and do a rock fakie and go backwards like she was like one and a half years old or something it was like (laughs) ridiculous and and her mom's like "Ah!" and we're just like what's going on and then next thing you know she's on the cover of wheaties but what I was going to say is like all of a sudden, maybe two years, it might not have been the next year, but two years later, like Bryce, all these people are just ripping. And like I saw a lot of these girls like a year before and they didn't really. All I'm trying to say nicely is that the competition got more like it, it mm. used to be like we know who the podium people are going to be because there's only four there's only four or five good girls, it seemed like. And now there's like so, so many more. Yeah, it's grown like so much, especially like even over the like the last couple of years. Because mm. like we've sort of like all grown up, like I guess like the 
park competitive skateboarders are like Bryce and I we've all like started skating combi and then I've sort of like traveled around and gone to different events and stuff together and everyone is just like progressing so much and I think it's just like maybe because there's like more opportunities and and it's growing and it's just like it's it's been so fun and it's been like such an amazing journey Mm. but then like at, at the same time there's like still so much more to be done I think but it, it's so good that we're like getting there I think and especially yeah. like one of the like good things about the Olympics is that all these events have started like equalizing the prize purse between the men and the women's because right these like I guess these Olympic qualifiers, like in, after the introduction of it into the Olympics, they had to equalize the prize purse. So I think then everyone started doing it. And so that was amazing. Like you could start like getting more money out of doing these like Vans Park series and stuff that you love. Right. So that's been super amazing. Yeah, but I be- think it's still like, yeah. I mean, that especially was, uh, if you're in, in the contest um, world, it's like I, I interviewed Sinead and she was like, I don't even I don't know how I'm going to get anywhere like nobody's paying for my ticket like it's like you know like Mm. you need money to like get places and to like lodge and like all these things that like I'm going to Idaho I need a car I need a fucking plane ticket I need a hotel like yeah so there's a lot of expenses like it and especially like Australia is so far away from everywhere. Right. So the flights are so expensive. Like I think like a lot of people to kind of make it and to do more with your skating, you've basically got to be in America, I think. Mm. Well, like for some people, like that's definitely where I want to be. There's just like a lot more opportunities and stuff. Yeah. But I think it's, it's definitely like hard when you're like, cause I've kind of like grown up in, in these competitions, but like when you're not doing that and I think you're like a female or non-traditional skateboarder trying to film more it's def it's definitely harder to get uh-huh. places because it's just like there needs to be like I guess more ads and, and photos and people filming and stuff but it, it's like they've got so much there's so much more room for us to grow but it, it's really good to see how much is happening at the same time as well Definitely. I mean, it's in your lifetime that all this is happening. That's what's really cool. You know, like if you look back in history, it's like generations of things have happened through and this is all your generation. It's it's like started when you were very young, but you're still pretty young and it's still going and you're a part of it. And that must be a really cool place to be. It's it's amazing. It's just like kind of like growing up and like I feel like so much has happened since I've started skating and like especially from like not knowing any girls that skate for a couple of years and then coming to America and I just feel like everyone's progressing and it's just like it's growing more and there's more like videos popping out and like skateboard companies that are like inclusive and like it's it's growing so much and it's it's so amazing to just be like a little part of it and see Mm -hmm. it happening. I did an interview with my friend from Exposure, Amelia, and she mm-hmm. and, and I was like, you know, like at the end, I'm like, women skateboarding, it's evolving, like it's getting better, like it's getting more accepted, like there's lots of good things, like, you know, it's progressing in this way that girls can be happy with. 
but what more, like, what do you want more? What, what haven't you got more? And she's like, we need more covers. Yeah. Like seriously, like a month or two later, it's like, boom. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <"Yeah."> <laughs> so that's, that's pretty uh, cool. What was it like winning the combi? Winning the combi was friggin', it was, it was crazy. I was so shocked. I'm pretty sure there's like a video of it. I, they like called out all the names and I, cause I made the finals and that's all I wanted to do really. Cause it was my first like pro event mm-hmm. where I'd like stepped out of the, like, uh, I think it was 15 and overs or something mm-hmm. and like started skating, um, in that one. So I wasn't expecting anything. I was like skating with all my friggin' idols. So I was just like excited to have a good time and I made the finals and I was like, so so stoked it was awesome and then um basically skated didn't expect anything of myself and then they started calling all the names and I was like oh my gosh they got to second I was like they they've forgotten (laughs) me like how how could they do that it's not that hard to read names off a list and then I got first and I was like oh my goodness I it was crazy (laughs) just like standing next to Nora and stuff it was it was super surreal combi always puts on a show (laughs) Yeah. And then, I mean, as far as contests go, those banners are for, I mean, until the place is gone or whatever, but having your name up in those banners is so like a historical oh, thing. Yes. Like when Navarrete got his name up there, it was like, I can retire. Like he was so stoked and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a big deal. And like to be up there with those legends, like Chris Miller, Caballero, fucking, I think Mimi's up there like three times or whatever, yeah. you know, like it's, it's, it's really cool. I, I feel like it's one of the best contests to mm-hmm. be a part of as, as far as just like, cause it's an annual thing and it's yeah. just got that vibe that like something you, you're like, this is the same fucking place every year. How can it get better? And it does like yeah. oh, Pedro aired the fucking thing this year what the yeah. fuck like it's just every time like it just heats up to a new level and you're like okay <laughs> yeah no. it's crazy you're right like every year they it just like steps up again when pedro did that it was insane and the finals are always like so fun i feel like everyone's so close to the bowl just like piled in having uh-huh. a great time like when Grosso was there commentating, it all always be so fun and just standing around the bowl and everyone watching it. It's so, it's a great event. <laughs> yeah. So who are some of you, and this is probably hard because you don't want to discredit anyone, but who are some of your favorite skaters? Uh, there's like so many, but I obviously like, I love Fabi, Fabiana Delfina. I just like love her skating style. And then I also love, um, Pedro, I think they're both like amazing in their own different ways. Um, and I just, I would watch her like videos when I was younger and I'd just be like, Oh, that's, that's what I want to do. She's just like having a great time and she's so powerful and her skating is amazing. And then like, I think I'm sort of maybe drawn to that sort of skating a little bit more. I love like Milton Martinez, but then I also have always been obsessed with Alexis Sabone. Oh, she's she's the best. <laughs> Did you were you um, able to be at the Olympics for the street or were you only there for your for the park? No, unfortunately, because I'm like good mates with a lot of them. But we were sort of like the street skaters were on. They were flown out and then we were flown in after. So we didn't have any time to like lap over. 
Right, because Alexis, she fucking. I was on the edge of my seat. She was just like, love her. She does does everything right. Yeah, and it was like, I don't know, from my perspective, it's kind of like this person that's like, it's not really what she's about, but she's so good and she's, there she is. And now mm-hmm. she could actually like it would be kind of like Jeff Rowley winning or something, you know, just like mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, like so cool. Yeah. yeah. So talk a little bit about the Olympics like that must have been insane um, because like I was saying, our wedding kind of felt like that as far as just being in a covid thing where it's like the buildup is like. Is it happening? Is it not happening? There's qualifiers. No, there's not. Like, what wh- are we going? I don't know. Like, wait, now there's no fans. Like, wh- how are you feeling like building up to it? Like, are you like, I don't even know if I'm going. And like, how late did they tell you you were going? And like, what was it like? Uh, it was the whole process was like pretty surreal because like you'd be told like so many times by people like it's going to be off. And then when it was, like, set back a year, I kind of, like, I had all these plans of things that I wanted to do, like, either move to, like, America or Canada and, and start skating. And then all of a sudden, like, it's this, it's this thing you've worked on for ages. And then it's, like, pushed back. And so everything else gets pushed back sort of thing. So it, there was, like, a lot of times you're, like, oh, is it going to happen? Is it not? I just want to, like, kind of, like, move on and start, like, I don't know, filming a part of doing something else because like all your energy is sort of in this yeah um so yeah yeah it felt like that but you kind of just had to like treat it like it was gonna go ahead Uh, i think um but yeah it was definitely it was definitely like a lot of setbacks and a lot of times you're like oh i'm like so over this and and not knowing but I think, like, after, like, finally getting there and, like, going through, like, all the hurdles and, like, not getting COVID and just skating there, I think, like, actually dropping in at the actual event, I think everyone was pretty excited. I know, the, especially in, like, the park girls, I think we're all just, like, pretty stoked that we made it there after everything. And so we were having a great time skating. <laughs> so what was... Can you talk about like what the um, process was? Because I heard there was like a booklet this thick to like COVID and flying and getting to Japan. Like I heard it was no joke. The the amount of like papers you had to read and go through. Yeah, it was it was pretty insane. Like there was a lot of stuff we had to do before we actually went to Japan like there were so so many apps and so many pages of things you had to fill out it was crazy um so yeah there was there was a lot to do there was lots of really long zoom calls <laughs> um that I kind of just like let other people watch and fill me in a bit but yeah there, there was a lot of work to do but we finally got there the airport we're at the airport in Japan for five hours because there were so many checkpoints to get when you through. arrived or when you yeah, left. when you arrived, when you oh. arrived, and then when you get there, did you have to quarantine for a while before? Like, were you guys all in like these bubbles or something? Yeah, the the Aussies were in a bubble. I think it was kind of like your country sort of thing. Okay, so like we got there, and there was like it was just there was so many COVID tests you had to get. Like you get them like I think it was like forty eight hours, um, 
and then like 24 hours before you actually leave. And then you're going through all these checkpoints and you have to show, had like a fat thing of documents that I had to show to all these people. And you'd walk like five meters and then the next person would be like, oh, can I say that again? I'm like, but I just, anyway, it, it was pretty crazy. But after like getting through and actually getting there, it was, it was pretty surreal. <laughs> when you, so when you're there, there's practice there's just maybe what 20 people around like there's no fans there's nothing there so like does it it, did it have the importance of a regular contest did it feel different than a a regular contest when you're actually in the bowl skating or did you kind of just feel like you're at a skate park with no one there and it felt more mellow yeah like in my perspective it seemed like from where maybe my nervous and anxiety would be is that I would look around and if there was thousands of people looking at me, I'd be tripping. And Mm. since no one's there, I might feel more relaxed and be able to just be like, okay, I mean, I know I'm on TV, but like the pressure of everyone surrounding you, but I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like when I went there, I wasn't sure how it was like, all gonna pan out especially like with no audience and stuff but I think like I kind of like get hyped on that like at Vans Park series and stuff when all the other like skaters are watching and like people are in the crowds I think it just hypes me up more um so I was like oh how is this gonna like pan out but there was like it was interesting there were people from like all the other events that could come and watch so there was like a little bit of people in the crowd but I think we all the girls were just sort of like hyping each other up after everything. Yeah. So we kind of like, we, yeah, it, it ended up being a really fun, amazing day because I think we're all just stoked that we made it to like that point and we all got there. And so everyone was hyped when anyone (laughs) did a trick or landed around or something. So how long, so how long before the event did you arrive in Japan? Were you there like two or three days or a week or? It was like, uh, I was there for about a week. So I, I think we had two days before I started practicing and then we had like a, maybe three or four days of practice and then the comp was on. And then did you leave the day after? Uh, left, not the day after, but the day after that, which was, I was, I was hyped on cause I could watch the guys skate, oh, which you was got super to. fun. That's what I was going to say. Was there any other parts of the Olympics that you got to take part in to like, see like some other, like I got to see the, the javelin throw. Yeah. (laughs) I, yeah, no, that would have been pretty interesting. No, I actually (laughs) just, just got to watch the guys. It was really hard to get anywhere unless you basically were like competing in, in that event, I guess. So I didn't get to watch anything, but got to meet a lot of, crazy athletes and like the whole the whole village situation was was pretty surreal like each country had their own building Uh like full building of apartments and like with their like country's flags on it and stuff and like (laughs) yeah you just walk around and everyone's so fit (laughs) yeah you're like oh my gosh there's the gymnast team (laughs) i know yeah short and just like sugar yeah everyone it was crazy. And you like, you play this game. We like have to guess what everyone's like sport is and stuff. And there was a couple of fun things to do. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, the the thing that our our local radio uh, was making a big deal about was that this is a crazy one. They said that um, they were so worried about the athletes having sex with each other that they make oh, yeah. the, they made the beds like this like thin cheaper bed or something like that. I, yeah, cardboard. I, yeah, is that true? <laughs> yeah, they were cardboard. <laughs> It was so funny. The the announcer on the radio, he's like, like they can't find somewhere else to have sex. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It was pretty surreal. They were the beds. I was like, really? Is this true? Got in there? Like all the beds are cardboard. You could like probably like take them apart and set them up yourself. I was like, oh my goodness. And like, and like the, I'm pretty sure like most of the buildings and like at the front of them, there's like, a box of like condoms and stuff. Like I'm pretty sure it's like a, it's a big thing, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. Olympic pretty surreal, condoms. <laughs> Olympic condoms. Go for the gold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but yeah, the cardboard beds, that was, that was a good one. First of all, I want to say that from my perspective, the guy's street was horrible it was shit it made skateboarding look really bad and it was boring and nobody land their tricks the filming sucked for fucking everything i don't know what happened like was Krolik sick or like the guys that normally do it like the filming was like so weird but with saying that the girls fucking killed it the female street was night and day to the guys like it was like they were having fun they were making shit it just looked rad and it made like it made it look like they were having fun which was the best part for me and then Mm -hmm. the girls in the bowl was super cool too because i know all you girls and so yeah it was so fun like seeing lizzie you uh brighton uh, amelia like you know and so that was really fun for me and then the guys I didn't, for some reason, the other thing that sucked about the Olympics from over here was the coverage was just so hard to find, like the men's Mm. skating tonight at five. And you're like, okay, I got 30 channels of the Olympics and an app and I can't find the fucking skateboarding. And it was just, and then like for the men's, they didn't show Pedro's best run. Like Pedro, I think got second or third, right? uh second second but his his run that gave him second they went to commercial break for so they showed Corey juno like twice in a row and i was like the other two runs made it look like pedro kind of didn't do that well and but then when i saw the results it's like oh the run that he did the best they didn't even show and i'm like i don't know i could complain about it whatever but I just want to give props to you and all the girls because <laughs> even at the end, like they made a big deal about like you guys picking up. Uh, yeah. And, and like, you know, like the camaraderie and like the joy and stuff, but it was like, it's not fake. Like that's just how they do it. Like remember when we did the mm-hmm. um, combi contest and you guys were doing all your dance moves and like, <laughs> And, and I had to edit the beginning and everybody's is just uh, yeah. like, that, that's always the vibe. And I just really could appreciate that. So um, I was stoked on that, but uh, I just was wondering about like after your run and you come out and then there's no people like, was it like what that, that feeling must've been surreal. Like that's all you could describe it as I bet it's just like 20. And the funny other thing too is, 
2020 Olympics. It said 2020 everywhere, but I was like, oh, there's a typo. It says 2020. I think that that's shooting. I don't know. That was, that was really funny looking at that all the time, too. It's like everyone be like, wait, 2020? Because I think they just like, I don't know, spent so many time, like so much time on like the logos and stuff that it stayed as the 2020 Olympics or something. Yeah. Well, they have to do it every four years. So it's going to be like. It's the next one's going to be 2024, even though it was 2021. So, but uh, yeah. what was the media situation for you? Have you done like an, a, 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 like, have you done way more interviews and gotten a lot more attention um, through this whole process? Has it been like, whoa? Yeah. Leading, leading up to it was pretty crazy. Like there was just like so many like Australian, like, radio channels and stuff like not not really like skateboarding related like sort of like like sports olympics related sort of thing so i was doing like a a lot of media stuff around that so it's it's been actually super nice since everything's over because you can just kind of breathe for a second and not not answer all the same (laughs) questions all the time yeah Oh man, I saw Jagger Eaton was like on the uh, late night show or something. I was just like, oh, I saw that, and he had a, he had a mullet or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, sometimes life gives you lemons. What? Uh, can we talk about Una? Yeah, we can talk about her. We're not together anymore, unfortunately. Oh really? Yeah, but we're oh. like great mates. It's just like it was a hard situation with um completely different countries and everything and i think there was like a lot going on for both of us i'm pretty sure but you know we're still great buddies and like i love her skating and like been through like a big part of her life and she's been through a big part of mine like leading up to the olympics and everything but it just was like got a little bit too hard for a second but we'll see we'll see where it takes us who knows uh i'm sorry okay yeah you're you're good though (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. It's you, you want to hear a uh, uh, interesting uh, little Schmitty's world? It's like three wor- uh, separations of Kevin Bacon, but with Schmitty is. I would love to. I had Una. I interviewed Una on the podcast. I forget w- w- what episode when, and that day she's like, "Guess who my girlfriend is? It's a, <laughs> it's a secret, but I can tell you." And so she told me like before, like many people knew about it already. She, and so it was really cute. Oh, uh, I, I actually remember that we were in Australia. We were at my hometown in, in Newey when uh, she did that. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Rad. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. She's uh, awesome. So let's talk about the documentary. It's, uh, called, documentary. It, it's called Tall Poppy. Yes. Did you used to be called Short Poppy? I've always been pretty short, so the name's kind of funny. Um, but it's, I guess it's like uh, an, an Australian thing for like, I guess people would like when there's like tall poppies and they're a bit different, people would cut them down sort of thing. So oh. it has like a little bit of stuff about that, like cutting people down for being different. I'm pretty sure. I ho- I'm hoping I'm getting that right. Justine's been filming that of me for like eight years. And there are honestly times where I'm like, is anything going to be made with this? Like, what's going on? 
but yeah, all all the ups and downs of my crazy life, and it's it's very surreal. Like watching watching it now, there's been I like did- some big parts of my life in there. Uno was a big part of it too. Oh really? Yeah, it was like it filmed followed us all because we were apart for eleven months during COVID. Oh. It's impossible to get in it or out of Australia. Yeah. And then we find after 11 months, we finally figured it out how to get her in. And so she had to do the two weeks quarantine. And it's sort of like documenting, documenting yeah. that and like our reunion and all that sort of thing. So there's like a lots of big parts of my life in there. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> and how did it get started? Did you did your mom get people to start filming you when you were young and then <laughs> certain things start happening. They're like, wait, we can make a documentary. Like how did it all kind of (laughs) develop? No, I think uh, Justine, the director was just like at the skate park one day, I think they were making a little short film about some of the older guys that I grew up skating with there. And then Justine was just like watching and, and sort of saw me skating. And then that's sort of how it started. We started like filming a little bit and then she wanted to make it into something more. And Next thing you know, I've been going for like seven years. Oh, my God. So at what point are you kind of just like, are like, is there times where you're like, I can't, I don't want everything to be on film? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, because like, this was like my prime teenage years. So like a yeah. lot of the time, I'm like, oh, I just want to do my own thing. Um, But yeah, there's like, sometimes you're like, oh, this is really cool. Like that it's being documented and like all my friends that I've grown up skating with, like we can all, I guess, watch it back and sort of have this memory that you'll hold on to forever. And then I'll probably like really appreciate when mm. I'm an old lady. So it's like, it's this really cool memory, but there's definitely was times where I just was off it and wasn't sure if it was ever going to be made, but you know, it, it has, and hopefully it should like help some people <laughs> maybe yeah. whether okay. it's like get like, interest them into skateboarding or like because my whole coming out thing was in the film as well so hopefully it has a a good effect on some people (laughs) rad where can you watch it on itunes yeah it's on itunes right now yep it's pretty it's pretty crazy i feel i think it's like top two documentary or something sorry i don't know if it's that anymore but i was like wow that's pretty insane have some of your peers or um people watched it and and talk talk to you about it afterwards yeah i i had because it was like it was in like cinemas in australia oh really? <laughs> while i was in america yeah it was pretty crazy so i had like lots of family members and there was like a screening in newcastle my hometown and like my whole family and all my friends went to it and oh. so that was really surreal. I'm like, I'm like bummed I wasn't there, but I'm also kind of glad because it would have been interesting just like watching your whole life in these crazy moments with all these other people watching it too. But yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine. So you haven't done that. You haven't watched it with a bunch of people at all. No, I watched it. I watched it with Bryce and her family, but I, I was in America while that it was like going around cinemas in Australia and stuff like that. How many bathroom breaks did you take? I got to leave for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll be right back. (laughs) Yeah, but are you pretty stoked on how it turned out? Yeah, I think so. It's it's funny, like when you're watching it and you like go through bits and you're like, oh my goodness, oh, 
Like it's, it's so bad. And then it kind of like pulls through. And then I think like, I don't know, it's just, you can't, it's kind of, I guess my life and you can't really filter it too much. And I think after watching it, it's, it was pretty cool. I think how it all came together. (laughs) Right. Do you ever struggle with anxiety or like get super nervous? You seem pretty calm and collect and like you've been in a lot of crazy situations, but you seem to kind of roll with it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what I usually do. I just like, kind of like try and go with the flow. Like it definitely has been pretty crazy at times. Like since I was nine, I've kind of just been like competing and, and been on this, this crazy train where there's like there hasn't been like too much time to like just like chill or take a second which is like amazing I'm like so lucky to live this life but it's also like has it it's challenges and stuff but it's like amazing that the Olympics has happened and now it's sort of like oh I can kind of like go out and film and experience skating in different ways because I've been in this in this world for so long I guess uh it's probably a big part of it is you're Australian too. I feel, I feel like Australians just live a little bit more laid back and it's like, hey, <laughs> good on you, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dog. Have you had any like fan out situations? Has anybody like, have you been seen in the airport since the Olympics or anything where people come up to you? Like, has it felt a little different or is it about the same? Uh, it hasn't. I don't think it's been too different. But it's, I've been, like, hanging with my cousins and auntie and stuff. And, like, they're, they're just, like, so excited. So we'll go to people and I'll introduce myself and they'll be like, she went to the Olympics and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, uh, I don't need to be introduced like that. But I, I haven't noticed anything, like, too much. Mind you, I've only been out of quarantine for a little bit. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, I don't know how it is over there, but here everybody, a lot of people are indoors still. So it's not like as crazy going on. Um, let's talk about some goals. What are some tricks you have in your head that you want to really learn? Is there anything like, oh, I want to do fucking, can you do 540s? No, I can't. Is but... that something you like? Do you dream of like someday I want to do like, or like, I don't know, front blunt or like, is there a specific trick that you're like, man, I need to get that someday. Oh, there's definitely a couple. Um, I've kind of been like wanting to do five forties for a while. They're just pretty scary, <laughs> yeah. but seems like a, a sick tip to do. I think there's also like all these other little ones that I want to learn to like, maybe like a flip trick. Or a front blunt would be amazing. But yeah, maybe like a kickflip India or something like that. Uh-huh. But probably just to like 50 a handrail would be would be amazing. I think <laughs> do something you, that isn't in a bowl. <laughs> you can do indies, right? Yeah. So I'm guessing kickflip indie, I think you can do it. I think if you were like, I'm gonna go to a vert ramp every day okay. and I'm gonna skate. And at the end of the session, I'm gonna put 15 to 20 minutes only trying to kickflip indie, I think okay. you would you would do it within the year for sure. <laughs> okay, sounds sounds like a plan. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it for you. <laughs> What's the gnarliest thing that you've seen in person? Like what was the like skate thing that you saw that you were there for and you're like, holy fucking hell. Honestly, I think 
a combi. What we were talking about when Pedro like aired the oh. middle of the island. <laughs> yeah. That was insane. Yeah. And so who did it? Someone did it before him or after him or something too. Yep. I forget his name, but yeah, somebody did do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was like back to back and the crowd was going crazy. And I think that was definitely like one of the things that was like, wow, that was what just happened sort of thing. And then Clay, different time, but he all aired the whole opening of the round ball there, like from here over the gap. Like that doesn't even make sense either. I'm like. Yes. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing that. I don't think I saw that live. But yeah, no, I think he that, did it like just for a photo, but it was like fucking. That, that was oh, crazy. Man. Just using that bowl in like ways I couldn't even imagine. People are, people are insane. <laughs> see, oh, yeah, it gets deep. Oh, see. That was amazing, though. Are you just chilling right now or have you? is your mind not able to chill and you're already like, okay, I'm putting the video part together next? Like, do you have plans? Are you in the process <laughs> of like, I got goals for this or like are you just trying to chill for a minute? Uh, so I'm in, I'm where my cousins are at in Queensland and it, it's been so chill lately. Like, it's just sort of like crystal clear waters and beaches. So I've just been like swimming and, and taking a second, but I'm already like, I want to be in LA. Like I want to be filming and see all my friends again. Cause just like after not being able to travel for so long and then being lucky enough to go to America and see all my buddies was like, I want to be that back there. It, it was amazing, but yeah, definitely want to film. I've been filming um, for Dear Diary 3. <laughs> so we'll see when that comes out. But filmed okay. a little bit in America of like mommy and Bryce and just like filming my friends in day-to-day life has been super fun. Mammy is so cool, huh? Konnichiwa. She is the best. One of the best people ever. And her skating is just like amazing. Yeah, I love her. Okay, I'm going to give you a list of things and you tell me how you would prioritize them. Like what your number one, what's your number two, what number three, right? Okay. You can get a full video part done. Yeah. You you can have an interview in the magazine. You can have the cover of a magazine win a major contest, or you can have your own signature shoe. What's oh the, what's the number one thing out of those you would want? Is that, is that real? This is a first-time question out of my mind. I like this one. <laughs> Ooh, um, I think probably at this point in time, I'd love to just, like, film a video part, I think, <laughs> and, like, put it out there. Because, I mean, wow, like, having the cover of a magazine would be amazing. But I think I got I to gotta put out some footage first. <laughs> mm. There's not much going out there, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hopefully do all of that one day. You getting bored from uh, Birdhouse or? Ah, Wobble. I'm getting Wobble boards now. Oh, that's new, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty new. It's like it's like a couple of months, maybe a little bit more than that. Who's all on there? Uh, so it's the Mull Brothers. There's like Tom and then Clara and Eunice. They're, they're a sick little crew and they just put out this video and I had like a couple clips in that, but they're just like super funny, like chilled group of people just like putting out these videos, but just having so much fun at the same time. They're a bunch of goofballs, but I love them and so happy to be a part of that. <laughs> so would you put a part, if you were going to work on a video part, would it be for that or would it be for vans or what would, what would you reckon it would be for? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 
who, whoever will take me really <laughs> I'll, I'll be stoked i'll be stoked on anyone but yeah uh, vans or warble would be a dream come true but we'll see what happens i'll have to i guess like start filming first and see if anyone is, likes it i guess get, get it going um yeah what, what's uh what size wheels are you riding these days uh 54 so 54. i've gone gone down a bit but for the olympics like the course was so big that i chucked on the old 58s that i haven't had in a minute because it was huge (laughs) i was like was it big yeah and i was like i really want to go fast around here so i put on some massive wheels again (laughs) well i'm super stoked that you took the time to meet up it's good to see your face i don't think i've seen you in probably like two or more than two years for sure i'm pretty sure it's been a while i hope all of this clears up soon and we can travel again yeah like what's are you doing anything specific to kind of help your mind and everything stay positive through like the ups and downs of this crazy time that we're all dealing with yeah i think i draw more often yeah i've been i've been drawing a lot like when peak covid was happening i like just made lots of prints and was drawing so much because I guess I just hadn't had that much time to do that sort of stuff because I'd just been like skating heaps um mm. so definitely drawing a lot and then chilling a bit and I guess now I'm just like want to go out and film with my friends and just and skate and and chill for a second and then skating plan the how to get back to America <laughs> yeah somehow we were when we were in lockdown i was freaking out and i just like because i live in a one-bedroom apartment with no yard and i was like yeah. i'm not made for this you know and uh mm-hmm. my wife hi poppy who at the time was my fiance <laughs> your wife yeah she got she was like let's get a a bike uh for inside <laughs> and uh-huh. the first day i rode it i sweat and i was like that's what i've been missing <laughs> And it's, it's like, that's what helps you is like, you know, like skating and and sweating and just exerting yourself, like, and having fun all at the same time. Like that's, Mm. that's, that's the shit, man. If if you ever want, like, I would love to uh, have you draw something for me. That'd be really cool. Um, I saw those things you did. You did it like a intro for Thrasher, right? Yeah, I did actually. That rule. That was so stoked for you. I was like, thank you so much. That was like the ultimate dream come true. Like since I was like a kid, I was like, wow. Like imagine making an intro for Thrasher. That was Uh, life goal right there. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Do you want to list who your sponsors are or any of the people that are helping you out and thank anybody? Uh, Sure. Um, I guess we've got uh, uh, Getting Flow and Indian OJ now and basically just like Warble and Vans and TSG. Those are, those are my guys right now. Thank you. <laughs> you just influenced somebody. I want to end it with a few um, Australian slang words that are like really good for me to know. Like I learned about bludger, right? That's like a lazy person, bludger. <laughs> a bludger. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. I feel like I don't know enough slang words for you, but I can try. What, what, what's, what, there's nothing that you use that like your friends are like, say that again. What's that or anything like that? Oh, my friend the other day was like, he thought, I thought this was just a really funny line that I hadn't heard before. Um, he 
there was someone who thought he was flirting with his girlfriend and he's like, yeah, bloody so-and-so thinks I'm chopping his Mrs. Bush. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me, what did you just say? But it's, yeah, it's so funny because I grew up in sort of like a proper part of Sydney. And oh. so I didn't, and I've got like a Canadian dad. So I, there wasn't too much slang there, but like moving to Newey and yeah, it's, it's been great starting, starting to get there. <laughs> Have you seen most of Australia? Do you travel around Australia much or not really? I've been to lots of the, like the coast parts. Like I got family in Queensland and then obviously Newcastle, Sydney. I haven't been inland Sydney too much. Melbourne. I love Melbourne so much. It's what just about, like really fun. Gold Coast? Gold Coast. Yeah. That's like a two hour drive from where I am now. I'm on the Sunshine Coast. Oh, Okay. And then what's, yeah. do you know ACDC, the guy Bond Scott, the singer? He's buried, like, mm-hmm. what, I think it's Perth, right? Uh, I'm not. It's the other I'm side of the, sure. uh, the country. But uh, right. his, uh, Jake and Hubbard, when they, they went to see his grave, he's buried, I think, in Perth. And they were coming across the country and they flipped their car. And like somehow they survived, but they were going like 110 and flipped the car. It's like a photo inside uh, the Thrasher book. It's insane. They were dressed up like monks and stuff. You never heard about this? No, clearly not. Oh, I'll send you the photo. It's crazy. They're in the middle of like the outback, literally nowhere. And he's like, dude, it was like two hours to get to the nearest gas station or like anywhere. And, and they, it was him, Dennis Busnitz and Mark Hubbard. And uh, I think the guy was in the passenger seat. He was asleep and he woke up and he thought the guy driving was asleep. So he grabbed the wheel and it just fucking went woo. And like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they're dressed as priests. They have like the collar and everything on. It's insane. It's the craziest story ever. I'll send you some (laughs) of the, some of the photos. Yeah. Yeah, It was pretty crazy, but it's always like ACDC for us was always like, that's the best rock band of all time. Them and black Sabbath. It's debatable, but I like ACDC. I kind of listen to them more. And so like, if I was ever going to go to Australia, I'd be like, should I go? I got to go to, the grave to see Bon Scott outside of Sydney. What, what, what do you recommend for me? Do I need to go to Melbourne? Do I need to go go like, where would be the, the ideal Ooh. spot? I love Melbourne, Melbourne just because it's, it's, it's so cool. And there's like lots of like amazing, like skate parks, but just like the nightlife and like the people around there, it's a really cool, really cool place. But well, Queensland where I am right now, very tropical rainforest like waterfalls beaches and stuff oh, like that that's my vibe and then, yeah and then sydney's kind of a bit of both you've got like amazing beaches but then there's also like really good skating there and like interesting parts like i lived in newtown in sydney like four months before i came to america and that's a really cool little part okay sydney. So it's the places you gotta go <laughs> all right well hopefully someday i'm gonna be down there that's that's definitely my top priority is Australia and Japan. Those are the two places I haven't been that yeah. I want to go most. What's your shirt? Is it Godzilla? Yeah, I got this in Boise, Idaho at like this little vintage shop. And it's still one of my favorite T-shirts. Oh, nice. I, I've never even known what it says, but I was skating with mommy in America. And she was like reading it. She's like, oh, I think it was like Godzilla versus Dragon or something. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, 
so cool. <laughs> oh, and you've never been to San Francisco or you have been? I have not for a while. Oh, actually, we went there for a little bit when we were filming for credits, just huh. like a couple of days. And it's it's amazing. I oh, love yeah. it so much. Yeah. There's like so much stuff to skate and cool people and yeah. it's beautiful there. Okay. Well, fuck. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully our paths will cross. Let's, uh, if you get, come out this way and you come up here for sure, hit me up. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're down south, maybe I'll see you down south. Or if the contest circuit starts happening again, maybe I'll be filming and you'll look over and there I am. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Oh, yeah. that would be so nice. Yeah. I hope that all happens soon. <laughs> Who is out there that I, I mean, you, you don't know all the girls that I've interviewed already, but who would you maybe reckon that like, have you tried this? Have you tried interviewing this girl? She's got loads of charisma and good stories or, you know, you, she, she, you should have her on. Have you interviewed Maite? No. Oh, Maite is the best. Like Club Maite. Um, yeah, she's on Uma now and she's super cool. Like oh. we, she, w- she was actually on the Olympic circuit for a second there. And we would just have the best time. She's the craziest character and like one of my good friends. And we oh. always have the best time skating together. And she's an incredible skateboarder, just so creative and crazy. And I think she'd be a pretty funny person to talk to. Okay, rad. I'm, I'm working on her. Uh, Vanessa Torres. Breezy. Breezy. Who else was on? Oh, and uh, the first McTwist, uh, Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, any, any other thing that you want to discuss? No, I think that's, that's all good. Um, okay. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. What's your favorite road snack? Spinach and cheese roll. Really? We have them in Australia. Yeah. They're like the little spinach and ricotta rolls that you just get at the servo, which is like the petrol, the gas station. Do you put them in a microwave or are they cold? They're usually like heated up at the at the gas station, and they're, you just kind of. They're spinach roll with ricotta cheese. What is it? Yeah, it's like a little pastry thing. Huh. But it's got. I'm pretty sure it's spinach and ricotta inside. Okay. It. Well, sweet. <laughs> I think that's all I got. I think we're good. All right. And, and also, I hear dinner's starting to be served. What time is it there? It's like uh, noon. I think so. Uh, yes, it's twelve exactly. Look at because look right behind you to your right. <laughs> Is that how you knew? I love that. And then we always end the show with a song. So and if you were going to go into a place and they had a jukebox of every song you could imagine, which one would you put on? Uh, I think I love the nightlife by Alicia Keys. All right. That's my oh. go to. I love like kind of like 80s disco music. And yeah, that would be my nightclub song for sure. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. It's the best. <laughs> say, say hi to your mom, too, if you talk to her. Okay. I will for sure. Right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.